0: Secret Order of the Rolling deck presents The In-Between. I'm Dave Bartlett. I'm here with Mitch Morris and Steve Haley. Welcome. Hello.
1: Yeah, how's it going, guys? Good. Good, good. Um, I got a bunch of stuff I'd like to talk about. I'm sure you folks do, too. As, as a little start to this... Sure, uh, you go ahead. We haven't had an In-Between chat since February? January?
2: Uh, But that is officially in between because we did put out a a third uh, or a second.
1: That one is officially in between. It's officially in between. But this... This is like a bookend now. This is five months since our last... The the original idea of this, and of course this will probably have multiple times with people with lives, but the original idea of this was to see what we were playing within the month uh, between talking about the the major games that we've picked to talk about. Uh, So it's been five months. We've played hundreds of games. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Almost all of them King Domino.
1: Almost um, yeah. So much King Domino. I, I've only played for King, me, King Domino for you, once. yeah. <laughs> I've got it on here a few times. So yeah, we probably have a lot to talk about and uh we've Sure. More than we readily can handle.
0: I think we can fill this hour pretty pretty easily, I think.
1: Dave, you got a notepad. You look like you're ready to go. I got over there. What you been playing? Okay.
0: Well, uh I, I got a couple of really minor things that I just want to throw out there, and I don't know if you guys want to um, uh, come back on or just put these out, but I just, just want to make a note. Um, since we uh, uh, podcasted on Terraforming Mars, uh, we played once, uh, me and you, Steve, with our friend Robbie, and we tried the drafting, mm-hmm. and I just want to make a note that I thought that added so much to the game. Um, and I'm really excited to get Mitch uh, to try it, see what he thinks. Um, but I love card drafting. I think that's, um, and I want to talk a little bit about Near Farn a little bit, and there's some drafting there. But, yeah, I, I think that really adds a, a bit uh, to Terraforming Mars, and I, that was one thing I wanted to, a little mi- minor point uh, to, that I put it on put on my list and a bit of a segue from our last podcast. Yeah,
1: well, we mentioned it at the end of the Terraforming Mars, mi- close to the end of the Terraforming Mars episode, that like, mm-hmm. the, the biggest detractor of that game, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but we agree with the randomness of the card draw, mm-hmm. and so you're still going to get a little bit of that, but the, but it tightens the draft tightens it up quite a bit. Feels like you got a little more control over what's <laughs> going on, and I would say, quite an improvement. I wouldn't play without it, unless maybe I was playing with someone uh, brand new. new. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and I'm really excited to see what Mitch, th- Mitch thinks of that. Uh, yeah. But you know, your feelings on card drafting without no, having played I, it I, yet.
2: I love I love card drafting, and and yeah, I was the one that was saying I, you know be great to do that Mm -hmm. with there just to fix those problems Mm -hmm. uh and all my brain goes yeah we haven't played lost legends in a while
0: yeah that's such a great game too i think i've only we've only played it once this year actually according to my stats or i have but we played it two or three times in the fall and boy i love that game that's a good point That's a good point um and and just another minor note here um before i I turn turn it over uh, to one of you if you want to get into one of your topics but um We have played Wasteland Express eight times, or I have played Wasteland Express Delivery Service eight times now. I have yet to win. According to my stats, I am the only one who has not won, except for Mike Roy, who only played the game with us once uh, when we were still fairly new to the game. But you both have won, Melissa has won, Robbie has won, and I think Dan has won if he's played. I don't know if we've played with Dan. I'm
2: I'm one away from actually getting a dime on, on Wasteland Express. There you know, one more game in place to get ten. Yeah, plays. Yeah. Oh wait, and yeah. I have it on my my ten by ten. Oh yeah, the ten by ten so challenge. challenge. So you really got to get that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and th- that's true because we did play once, uh, like right before New Year's too. So uh, I only I was only counting the plays from 2018. So actually, it would be nine plays. I know I didn't win that game either, but uh, even still. Everyone, is, <laughs> everyone I've played with, uh, with has at least won one game of that, and I still haven't. So I just wanted to note that.
1: I'm sitting yeah. pretty at 50%, 50%. Yeah. 50% win, right? Yeah. Three wins, three losses. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I'm undefeated in July so far, because it's like July 2nd. I played two solo games yesterday <laughs> and won both of them. But <laughs> um, Yeah, so those are a couple things that I just wanted to bring up, and I got a bunch of other things. Uh, uh, but before uh, I bring up another topic, is there something one of you guys wanted to jump in? I know there's a, a few things. You want to go first? No, no. I was, I'll, I I'll
1: jump in. Right. I got something brought up here. Um, probably the big, the big game for me that's that's been doing a lot for me is Friday, which you guys so oh, uh, I want,
2: want to try. Happy birthday!
1: Gratefully gifted me on my birthday. I'm a pretty big Gr- s- <laughs> gratefully. Gratefully, it? I don't think that's the no, right that word. That doesn't work. Yeah, Graciously, we, we were so grateful
2: <laughs> to <laughs> <for> give <laughs> you this game. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, that that hey, works. Hey, <laughs> thank us for doing that. <laughs> Uh
1: Yeah, so I like to play solo games. That. Friday's been on my radar uh, for a while, um, and you guys give it to me It's this little tiny box, like the size of like a big Mac box. <laughs> big Mac. That's the best comparison, like the hamburger, out there. like the hamburger. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was like,
2: like an, like an iBook, like a, <laughs> like an iMac,
1: <laughs> like a Big Mac book. <laughs> um, so Friday is uh, F- Friedman Freeze, Friedman Freeze, Friedman Freeze, Friedman, 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 Friedman. Freeze. Yeah. Anyways a pretty. Um, Pretty big name, I think, in board games. I have this is the only game I've played, but I hear lots of things about he's, him.
2: He's another uh, superstar of done it all himself, right? Like self published uh, his own art, I think. Uh, a maverick.
1: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think I, I think hair, I heard this on another green podcast. Boxes, green everything. Green boxes. Yep. Yeah, green uh, and, and everything starts with F.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Fabled fruit. Weird. Uh, Friday.
1: Not only, not only designing his own games, but taking the extra challenge to like, everything's going to be green. F- everything's F- going to start with F, even if it doesn't fit. F, F, F. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So it's Friday works super well. Friday, and I keep wanting to lend. I'm going to get sick of it eventually. I think I've played it like 20 times in a month and a half or something. And I'll lend it to you guys to have a go. But it's come up on the podcast before how much I love chaining cards. And that work, chaining happens in deck building. A lot of the times, and Friday is this deck builder where you're this isn't what it is in the rule book, but You're essentially this guy uh, trying to get off an island. It's
2: it's awkward in the rule book.
1: In the rule book, you're the island or you're Friday?
2: Yeah, I don't know. You're trying to You're helping him get off the island. Robinson has crashed on your island, and you're training him to get off the island. It's a weird one step
1: away from immersing you into just being Robinson. Uh, I guess because his pictures are on the card, you're helping him, like, go look in the woods and fight animals and fight cannibals and all You're learning then, uh, once you learn enough, you can fight the pirates and get off this island. But anyways, what happens in this game, and it's amazing, uh, you have this deck of 18 starter cards, and um, you have this deck of encounter cards that are are double-sided. On the top are stats that you have to defeat with your cards, uh, and the number of cards you're allowed to draw to defeat, uh, whether it's cannibals or animals or just exploring the island. And if you defeat it, the card flips over, and on the bottom half is is robinson with either like to attack or uh, draw two cards and things like that and then it goes into your main stack every time you deplete your your deck your starting deck you have to draw an aging card because you're getting older the longer you stay on this island that gets shuffled into your deck and those are real negative things like minus two or stop drawing cards things like that you also have these pile of tokens which are life tokens and every time you want to draw a card beyond what you were allowed to draw for that encounter You have to deplete a life token to do it, Mm. so you can keep pushing your luck to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to beat these cannibals because it's a really awesome like four attack for Robinson," Uh, and you can keep discarding life to draw it, and you you just might you just might end up wasting your life on the (laughs) island (laughs) (laughs) playing (laughs) cannibals, (sighs) Um, or you can cut your losses and say, "You know what? I'm two away from defeating it." If you're, however far away you are from defeating a certain encounter, you have to discard that many life tokens. So if you're two away, you discard two life tokens, but you're allowed to trash two cards then as well. So at any point, you can cut your losses to try to get rid of your crappier cards in the deck. Um, So you have to go through three rounds of encounter cards, and if you survive that, which I didn't the first time playing, um, you then get to fight two randomly drawn pirate ships from a pile of, I think, 12 come with the box, or eight. Um... And then they're massive. They'll have like 35 hit points or 30, and and you're able to draw nine cards. And at the end, like leading up to fighting these pirates, at the end you're you're able to draw nine cards, and then you end up going through your deck like twice fighting these pirates. You you got your life tokens. You only got a couple left. It's really tense. It's really awesome. You end up filling uh, the board with maybe like 20 or 30 cards trying to fight the pirates. It yeah, it, it scratches all my itches.
0: I've looked for it a few times, and it's sold out everywhere I've I've looked. I'm I'm
1: really dying to try this game. It it's,
2: sounds it's so good.
1: It's a good one. Yeah, I highly recommend.
2: I've I've been trying to get Susie to buy it for you for like years now. <laughs> every time she asks me for advice, what should I get, Steve? I say Friday. Get Friday.
1: She's like, yeah, he gets Friday every week. Said, <laughs> what a you, what's Mitch, talking about?
2: Uh, and that and that makes me want to try that Lost Expedition game. And I don't know if they're anything similar except for the sort of a, a bit of a theme where you're. Trying to survive uh, an expedition instead right. of being trapped on an island, but for some reason they they've connected in my head. Like, I mean, one you can do them solo. Two, they're supposed to be super hard, and uh, and theme-wise they seem like a similar match. But yeah, I'm excited to try Lost Expedition. Too. And the, and the cool thing about Friday because I'm it's expanding.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I saw that the other day. The cool thing about Friday too that I like because I have bought a lot of games for their solo playability, including something like Mage Knight, which takes maybe 15 minutes to set up and is really kind of fiddly. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite. It takes but three hours to play or more, depending on how much you're thinking about it. Friday, um, and that's great. I love doing that. If I got a night, I'm like, yeah, tonight I'm going to sit down and play Mage Knight. Uh, But Friday, like last night, I'm lying in bed, and I'm like, oh, I'm really tired, but I also really kind of had my my heart set on gaming. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to grab Friday and set it up in my bed, um, which I didn't think I was going to get to the Pirates because I just increased the difficulty level, and I did last night. And I was like, at one point, it was 45 minutes. The game took me probably to play. I'm like cramping up, and my, I had my feet pinned <laughs> to the wall. Susie was asleep next to me, and every time she would shuffle, I was like pinning down the cards. Don't ruin my game. Like, Don't move. It's kind of weird.
2: I'd like to paint a, a bit of a picture. Steve is like six three eight he's a tall dude he's a he's a giant it you know, was like a tiny card game cramped up in the bed the, the image in
1: my head when i when i when i went down to get it i'm like i can sit kind of cross-legged kind of yoga yoga style uh, and get this done five minutes of that pose i'm like oh my god Okay, I'm going to pin put my legs on the wall. Anyways, it was kind of awkward. I probably won't do it again, but the fact that I did it. <laughs> I probably won't do it again. The, the fact that You'll I did it, it with the promise of like, ah, 20 minutes solo You'll game do it again. in bed. It'll be mage night next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please don't move, Susie. You're
0: going to ruin my mage night. Yeah, well, I could get the tiles going all over <laughs> Susie's body. Like, to get some kind of elevated
1: terrain. I said, oh, all right, cool. Uh,
2: hero oh, that image. Hero. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There you go. Um, yeah, Mitch, do you want to throw out a topic or do you anything else you want to add on no, on
1: Friday? Friday, yeah, yeah. Was, Friday is the one I wanted to throw out there. Thanks again uh, for the birthday
2: gift. Oh. No problem. Uh, for I was I was thinking for chaining, I was going to bring up Fifty First State because that's that's new for us. Into the mic. I'm not I'm not talking to the mic because I'm looking behind me on the <laughs> shelf uh, at games. But when Steve was talking about chaining, uh, I was thinking we just I just got Fifty First State and it's the first version. On, on sale. So 51st State is uh, Portal Games. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to Ignacy. Mm. Yeah. I, I, Portal Games. I, yeah. Ignacy. Uh, and he is, It's it's been streamlined. It's turned into uh, Imperial Settlers and then it's been re released as 51st State Master Edition. Uh, but I got 51st State on sale, the original one, and I I wasn't I wasn't looking for it. I just cuz it went on sale I was like I know I know it's yep. compared to Race for the Galaxy so I was interested and we picked it up and it's uh I I think uh, Portal Games there's always a little bit of muddiness in the rule books mm-hmm. but it, this one this one has, it it's it's laid out pretty well but there's so much going on that it takes a while to digest and you you kind of feel ah, like this is how am I going to learn this? But then you start laying it out and I laid it out. Uh, there's a solo variant uh, that Ignacy has put up online and, and maybe is included with uh, Imperial Settlers now and maybe, maybe is yeah. in the master set, but it's not in the rule book for this one. So I went through it the first night to figure it all out and, and learn the iconography, which is, you know, again, similar to Race for the Galaxy. There's tons of it tons. and and there's, there's a lot of weird stuff. But playing solo, I, I got excited that Steve would really like it because it's... Uh, you're building a bit of a deck and everything is chaining. Everything is chaining. You're, you're getting resources in order to to lay out your cards, but everything resets at the end of a round. So you have to build engines in order to be able to get anywhere in the game. But the t- difference is from solo to more players is that you can't do it as a chain. It uh, You end up doing one action back and forth. So it, you kind of lose that feel of... of chaining everything together but you're it's still there you're still doing it and it's still in, intriguing but you lose that flow of okay I'm going to do this, 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 this you know because yep. it because it goes back and forth okay i'm going to do this one and then you're going to do that one and you, you probably ignore that and just do a turn at, and you're turn still building turn, the but... chain in your head you just do yeah, like, yeah. to take
1: a breath while oh. your opponent does something
2: it's 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 really i really like it i'm really excited to to now try imperial settlers because i know they've they've streamlined some of the things
1: i had a really uh, fun time with fifth First State yeah yeah and you mentioned race for the galaxy and it, it it did for me what that game does and that's one of my favorite games right now um but again, playing down these cards in front of you um, that create this kind of story. Where at the end of the game, I think I had all these monument cards. Mm. Where oh they, yeah, like, you destroyed me with those. It was crazy. Museum. But those ended up creating all these victory points unknowingly because I was still kind of learning the game. I got kind of lucky, I think. Um, but yeah, I ended up as a... I was the mutant, so as these kind of the horribly disfigured mutants who I assume, like, playing a game like Fallout 3, maybe live underground, and your your bonus stat at the beginning was weapons, so I felt like it was going to be an aggressive uh, approach, and that's what I started with. But then I ended up just being, like... Uh, Getting all these monuments and like keeping them in place. So I picture the mutants maybe like defending these these historical monuments in the post-apocalypse. You know, it's cool.
0: Mutated historians and archaeologists. Yeah. I like don't, it. don't mess I, with them. <laughs> I haven't played this game yet. It sounds fascinating. Uh, but but I I did have a question about, about uh, something you were saying. And now it, is it gone? Is it there? Something you're gonna go ahead, Mitch? You wanted to add in, and maybe it'll come back to me what I was gonna say.
2: Okay, uh, one of the, one of the great things about the game, and and one of the confusing bits about the game. They've, they've built all the cards to to be multi-purpose. So there's three different ways you can use each card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they have it themed into the game, which, which should make it uh, logical, because you're, they, the points to buy the card are, are sort of movement points, where it's sort of how far away this particular building is from your encampment. So it's usually one, two, or three away. But depending on how you want to use the card, you then have to pay that that value a different way you're either paying uh, to go and raid that building or you're going to negotiate with them and make a deal with them or you're going to uh trade, just just trade take it them? take it in well that's the negotiation oh, right, yeah. and then the other one is that you're actually going to make it sort of expand your your territory and make it part of your own right and and part of the confusion gets to be where they they talk about those in two different and and again they probably have fixed it in in newer editions maybe but uh if you I don't even know what the correct word is. If you go to raid the place, then that becomes spoils. So there ends up being two or three different terms for each section. And uh, Steve was uh, having a little bit of trouble. Like if it, if it was a, any other game and they weren't theming it so well, and it's themed great. Once you get, once you have it figured out, the theme works wonderfully, but learning it, uh, you know, I kept trying to explain, like, that's just the points that you're buying. And, and then these are the three different ways you can pay those points to, to get the card kind of thing. But it, It caused a tiny bit of confusion. But it's it's fantastic that each card can be used in three different ways and then so on your turn you have particular resources that affect each of those three different ways and you can't you can't just do the same one several times because you only have so much resources. So you end up Being able to do more and more, but not always the way you want, because you have to use the card a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really fun game. Super, yeah, really cool, really interesting.
0: The question, the question I had actually, sorry, do you no. want uh, the, the question I had before before I forget is when you were saying okay, so in a solo game you're chaining all the cards, and then you have to go back and forth in the in the multiplayer game. Is it structured? Uh, uh, so uh, it's like
2: it's like terraforming Mars, where you get one action or two uh, okay, actions, and then it's the other person's turn. Okay, so you're still trying to, pl- to to get it to get a card out. Might take six little things to maneuver, where you have to get this resource, then you have to use that resource, then you have to do another thing gotcha. in order to complete your whole chain. Mm-hmm. But like terraforming Mars, you get you know so many you actions have to do steps. and then. Back okay. and forth. Yeah. Where when you're playing by yourself, you can just do what you want. Sure. So sure. it Feels like it's a one continuous chain.
0: Right. Um, and that. Uh, yeah. Because I wasn't sure if you meant that when you play multiplayer, if it was kind of like uh, you chain off the other person's actions like that. No. But there's like, another really really great thing okay. in this game where Mars of it too. Yeah. Yeah. as
2: you put cards down, they also have uh, there's worker placement in this card game where you put a card down and it's either going to be uh, like a factory card that produces something during your production round, which just gives you resources, right. or it's going to be an action card where you have uh, workers that you, you start with three, you can you can produce more, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can use a worker to go to a place as an action, which activates that. Okay. And then you have what's called open production ones that create spaces where your opponents can go. So oh, okay. during their turn, they can, they can put an, a worker on your cards. Right. And then and then get that action which isn't available to you. Yeah. You know, interesting. so you have a production card that during the the production round you get a resource from, but then you can't use that later. It's already happened for you. Wow. Like, but your opponent can interesting. And if you lay a card down on your turn, you don't get that value until the next production round, but your player your opponent can use it right away. Hmm. So was yeah, there's a, a lot of that news. was
1: a really cool part of the game actually as more cards were being laid out in front of Uh, your tableau and mine, I could imagine that with like four players. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because even with just the two of us, it happened where I'm like, okay, I think I'm out of actions for this round, nothing else I can do. And I'm like, oh, wait, Mitch has two... Thing. I can I can use my workers to huh. get more resources from him. So if there was more people around the table, I think you you'd have more to do on each individual turn, probably based on whatever buildings they've played.
2: Uh-huh. And Steve was not putting out any open production, so uh, I couldn't yeah. do anything.
1: <laughs> and again, not intentionally, as a first time and, through.
2: And there's yeah. a there's a strange uh, I don't know if it's strange, but in the in the game, like there's a scoring track, but it's it's just used to keep track. Like the score kind of fluctuates back and forth. So. Every round ends with you tallying your points and adjusting the the scoring track, but it you don't always go up like if you lose a few cards then your score could go back down and stuff and like you're racing to thirty points, and just as I was feeling like, okay, stuff is starting to work for me, Steve got his collection of of twenty hey, of like 20 statues and together and something. like uh, and I, I feel bad because I helped him select a card or two going, no, this one would get you more points. points. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I hit 15 points. The Brown, he hit 30, and <laughs> it, it was just over. So Still uh, fun. Yeah. Great game. I don't hold it against hmm. him.
1: Um, Makes what? me really uh, interested to play both the Master Set and <laughs> the Imperial Settlers, mm-hmm, but yeah. also just to play the this first edition yeah. again.
0: I'm excited. This sounds really great. And and just just so I understand it correctly, it is kind of like that Fallout post-apocalyptic
2: kind of. Yeah, it's based on, on the Niroshima Hex world. Okay, so not which is it, it's cool. another Portal games, uh, mm-hmm. sort of a Hex War type game. Okay, yeah. I've only played it on, uh, online. I haven't actually played hmm. the card hmm. or game version.
0: Hmm. Um, I was very bur- Americana.
2: Yes. every card is red, white, date, and blue. Of, yeah, yeah, kind of said it, that. and, and that's Lauderdale. <laughs> I mean, it's it's from where? Where are they from? From Poland? Uh, portal games, maybe. Strange, but uh, you know, the fifty-first state. Uh, I think everybody is it. Sure, Puerto, so Ner- Puerto Rico. Narushima uh, Hex
1: is, is a tactical a- strategy game, but it's also a Polish uh, role-playing game as well. Interesting. Mm. So okay, they've got some tabletop Neat. stuff out there. I imagine. Cool. Hmm. Well, all the games are tabletop.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, <and I've> <laughs> Hex been around for a long time.
1: Yeah. yeah, rings a bell.
2: Well,
0: I was I was trying to figure out uh, if I should um, for my next topic. Uh, I was going to go right to near and far, but I think I'll, I'll hold off and, and maybe we'll get to because I I know we've all played that a lot and I uh, you know we're. What one map away from finishing our campaign? We yeah. just got the expansion, I, so I did want to get Excited. to that, but and I think it will be time. But um, we're just talking about two games that I haven't played at all. Um, so I, I think I'll actually jump in with with my next uh, my 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 topic after Nair and far and that's Caverna, um, and. I bought Caverna the winter after I rolled all my change and ended up going out right. and, and buying Caverna. Uh, and uh, I was starting to burn out on terraforming Mars. I'd kind of finished my uh, 100 games of Scythe and needed a break from that. And I was looking for another solo game, so I bought Caverna. And we had tried Agricola, I think, the week or so before or once. Yeah,
1: it was, that, it was that close, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I had a feel of for basically what it was going to be about, and, and I'd had my eye on this game for a while, and then I bought it, and uh, uh, what I wanted to say about it is, so I started playing it. Um, uh, Mitch and I got one game in. I don't think you've played it at all yet, played, Steve, yep. Yeah. Um, i played it a handful of times. Mm-hmm. But i played it almost, uh, I think it's uh, 30 plus times, or about 30 times now. <laughs> I mean, I get <laughs> when I get a solo game, I get into it. I get a little intense. Yeah. Um, but... With this one was even stranger because, of course, after I played it three or four times, I read online, uh, you know, because in the rules it says, okay, well, when you're playing solo, you know, strive to get 100 points because it's not a win or lose. It's a, it's just a, you get as many points as you, as you can. And in a solo game, nothing changes. A lot of the randomness... Um, from this worker placement game um, that certainly uh, is there in a multiplayer game um, is completely taken away, because not only are you not competing with anybody, um, all of the choices come out in the exact same order in the 12 rounds. um, uh, Instead of just shuffling from a deck of cards to see what happens next, they're always in the same order, so you can kind of plan. So I was reading online, this guy said he got 200 points in the solo game, when the rules say basically strive for a hundred, and I was getting like you know sixty and seventy the first couple of times, and I was like two hundred points—that's like mm. crazy. Um, but because it's a you know it's it's a it's a puzzle, and it happens the same way, and you can kind of re um, you know you know repeat what you did. Before and make subtle changes, I started keeping notes. So every move I would make, and at the end of every round, I would do my total resources, and I was and I was keeping the, these track, this track. Um, so I was doing that for a while, and I and I came up with like seven, like it can play up to seven players. So I came up with seven strategies, and I was using a different color for every strategy. I was getting a little oh crazy my here, God. <laughs> like I sometimes do when I get into a, a solo game. Um, so I was doing that for a while, and then I was getting really overwhelmed. The game was taking so long because I was taking every note, uh, ke- taking these uh, these crazy notes. And, of course, um, if you look back at all the, the, these, like, you know, tail ends of old notebooks that I've been keeping these notes in, you know, the first four or five or six rounds of the game are very neat and they're very, you know, you could tell I was taking my time I and planning them out.
2: Punch this in somewhere and get some graphs made.
0: Or something. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh I really should. Uh, And then, um, but in all the games, like by around seven or eight, you know, my handwriting is just crazy chicken scratches and you can't read it anymore because I'm going like, oh, I know what I want to do. And I'm just writing everything down just to kind of keep a note of it, but I'm not, you know, it's barely legible. I mean, um, but anyway, then I stopped doing that. My point is I I did that for a while and then I stopped doing it for a couple of games because I was like, oh, I'm taking all the fun out of it. I don't want to keep these notes. I just want to play. And I did so poorly with these games because I was just making these random choices that I realized Caverna is a solo game. Uh, so I've restarted my Quest for 200, as I've called it. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, it's a game that uh, when you make a subtle mistake within a round or two, you can go, oh, you know what, I meant to do this. And because I keep notes, you could actually roll back the game a round or two Without finishing a game, you know that you've just lost, because you've totally screwed up. So it's actually... And and it does slow down the game, and it lets you think about it a bit more. It's a real, real thinker, I have to say. Um, And I played it yesterday, and I got 110 points, which is like my second highest score. And I learned... Every time I play the game, I I, 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 I build a different cave, which changes the game that little bit much. Sure. That affects the game four rounds from now that, uh, in unpredictable ways. So, um, it's a great solo game. I want to play it more with people because... Um, yeah, I mean, you played Agricola enough to, to see yeah. how that interaction is. but and, be- and because it's a worker placement game, the solo game and the multiplayer game are completely different. Well, yeah. Completely I, I, I different. I think I
1: read, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it might even be in the rule book, but I read it somewhere. I think Uwe Rosenberg designed Agricola as almost like a computer game. Like, ah, interesting. Almost like... Uh, you can you can beat it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Cavern is a little different because I think it adds, like the caves add some more randomness or some variability. Whereas Agricola, I know the cards, the cards that you get at the beginning of Agricola also do that, but you can figure out a strategy that is going to allow you to win every time and then it's about improving your score. Um, So yeah, they're very much just a a big puzzle that you can figure out how to maximize your turns in that Mm -hmm. game. Um, which I kind of I'm actually struggling with that with Agricola and I imagine it would be similar for for Caverna. Uh, I've played Agricola four or five times solo. I think I'm doing good, and I don't I haven't won. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know yeah. people hearing this are like oh, oh. yeah just just big fans out there of both games. Uh, and and yeah I kind of struggle with this idea of having a game that kinda can be beaten. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, So I think I might prefer Agricola, and I'm not sure how much play it's going to get in our group. Um, I might prefer it as a multiplayer game or maybe as a two-player game where there will always be the variability of what someone else is going to do. And then you have to kind of stay on your toes a little bit versus trying to, like, figure out the algorithm. Right. That's not... That's, that's yeah. not fun for my brain. It sounds like it's really fun for you, and I appreciate well, that. Well, it's a, l-
0: a little bit different because you don't win or lose Caverna. Like, it's just a point total. So yeah, you always with, win. same with the Gricula, okay, it guess, is okay, But there yeah. is
1: like a... I think it's 50 is like the winning... Oh, the recommended yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. That's how you win. Right. And there's a little campaign you can play where sure. to increase your point total. Right. Um, But yeah, that kind of... Well, yeah. it, it, it could be a nice segue into what we're going to maybe talk about, some emotional reactions to games. <laughs> yeah. Agre- that's kind of what that does for me knowing that this game can be beaten almost mathematically kind of saps me like a uh, of joy from playing mm, a thing that i get a lot of joy out of mm-hmm. board games i uh, feel like there's an optimal way to, and i've never been a good strong math student anyways but there's an optimal way to play this game i feel like i'm doing good and then at the end i'm not not really doing that good mm-hmm. where and then it kind of like hmm. Well, that's depressing. And on top of that, with Agricola at least, there's the theme of like every round it's like, oh, great, I can do, I can do this thing. I got to build these fences. I get these sheep going. Oh, but my family's going to starve. <laughs> oh, I can't do the sheep thing. I can't prosper as a farmer because mm. I got to feed my family and I suck at this game. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's it is like... Kind of yeah. demoralizing all around, yeah. and,
0: and I, I get that when you when you think you're doing really really well at the end of the game, and all of a sudden your point total is like sixty eight or seventy. And yeah. It's like man, that's just how did I how did I, I do so badly? So I get you there, but um, for me, because I love puzzles so much, I am determined. Even if I only play it, you know, I end up only playing it once a month from here on in. Um, but it's it's just too in- enthralling i just love it right now that, that i'm going to be playing more than that but sure. even over time if i i play it less and i it takes me years to get to 200 for me it, it's all about the process and it's not so much about sitting down and scratching my head and p- planning out too much before i start it's thinking about well last time i did this so i'm going to try that again but instead of doing it this way i'm going to do it this way mm-hmm. and again in the first two or three rounds it's amazing how much you change the game in round eight and nine right. by doing this—an e- either-or in round three—and you don't see it coming, and you don't realize yeah. how perfectly it's going to fit in or not fit in when you do things. And that's what I—I kind of like. I—I hey, I, I mean, and again, I don't really think about it as a math problem when I'm when I'm playing it. Yeah. But it is, and when I—and then you know, post game, I think a lot about the game as a math problem, and mm-hmm. then try to figure out that math in my head. So when I play the next t- time, I try to forget about that math, but realize that to get that that ultimate number, I want to do build this cave instead of that cave. You know, <laughs> kinda of thing. And I, uh,
2: I I've only played each game once. Right. And and I'll tell you which one I like the best. Uh Dungeon Pets. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Fair enough. Uh, you're not a big fan of either, are they? Or well, just kind the really... same.
2: They I mean they're both they're okay. both two to have only played each one once. Yeah. They're almost the same game. Hmm. You know, there's no there's the same I, I like I like the way Caverna has streamlined some of the stuff where Agricola there's an extra couple steps for so many things mm-hmm. in Caverna they've added things so they've streamlined some of those other things that would have been two or three steps to get your sheep out or something like yeah right you know so and 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 the way they've streamlined the look of the game where there's you know in, in in Agricola there's cards and tiles and and stuff everywhere in caverna it's it's like there's tiles and there's your resources kind of thing so yeah. they they've done a lot of they I mean it's been streamlined uh, a lot more I, I I enjoyed caverna you know a few notches more just just because of that because it was a
0: uh, and you're not so worried about starving like you brought up the starving thing that's the one yeah. thing I think that's really big uh, that I remember from Agricola like you're constantly worrying about having your family starve whereas in Caverna you still have to feed your family most rounds uh, but there are so many different ways to get food mm-hmm. by either trading rubies or yep. you know you don't have to just kill off your animals when you just when they're getting to breeding mm-hmm. numbers and things like that so yeah
1: well I think we talked about this I think we, we mentioned the other night when we were playing just the two of us Mitch um, about how some games uh, maybe it's a sign sometimes of a, a well designed game it makes you feel smart mm-hmm. right uh, so for me, like chaining combos, are like yeah, it does something to my brain. That's like, oh man, I feel like I'm responsible for this. When really, it's the again, this is a, it's a product of a pretty good design game. There's a mm-hmm. lot of randomness. I got these hand uh, mm-hmm. these cards in my hand. I didn't, I didn't make these cards appear in my hand. It's part of the game. But the fact that they are here and they can be played in a certain way it makes it feel like I had some uh, faculty and control mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. Is like. Yeah, and a lot of board gamers, I think, feel that way. It's like, you feel smart. You feel accomplished after playing a game. And I think what, for now, I'd have to play Agricola a lot more. I'd, I haven't played Caverna yet. I'd have to play a lot more before I felt like what I was doing was making me feel smart. Because <laughs> right now it's making me feel stupid. I think
2: I think it's actually, like, it's a design element. Like, uh, some of the payoffs for, for things in games is, like, people like to build things, mm-hmm. and people like, uh, and certain things will make people feel smart. And it's not it's not a dig at, at anybody or anything. It's just certain mechanisms do that to our brains. Uh-huh. And so whenever they're included properly, then, then we feel, you know, we get that vibe in our brain and your brain lights up and everything yeah. is cool. So it's, it's something that gets designed into games and uh-huh. sometimes it works better than others, but yeah, uh, yeah. people really like building things uh, and, you know, people like that, that feeling of figuring those bits out, how to combine Sure. stuff together yeah. I mean that's why we probably why we play games
1: absolutely mm-hmm. but yeah again uh, and I think <laughs> or one of the reasons I that guess. would change for me if I got to know the game well enough mm-hmm. that I could get into its its rules and, and, and mechanics and really figure it out so that mm-hmm. and if I was playing against someone who felt similarly about the game I think then you could kind of have a little duel mm-hmm. or a good game of those you know
2: I mm-hmm. think one of the big things with Agricola and Caverna is that it it's for a particular type of uh, game. Yeah, I mean it fits into its its corner really well. Like yeah. Melissa does not enjoy yeah. that type of game. She what really wants uh I don't know more action, more she wants more fun yeah. than that gives her. You know, mm-hmm. so as much as she gets the game and can play the game and you know, if you played with her 3 times and she she'd beat you. Yeah. But you know, it's not she doesn't find it a fun game. Mm-hmm. Like if it, she's not going to pick that game. Where where dungeon pets has some similarities i i feel like it's the the middle ground mm-hmm. you know like it's it's doing a lot of the the same fiddly bits, but it's so well themed so whimsical it's, too that it's you know everything makes sense everything feels fun and it has a it has a flow to it that is is so much faster and yeah. so mm-hmm. much more interesting. Because I think it's sure. pretty
1: heavy, and as as in terms of like explaining how to play a game, it's probably more to explain in Dungeon Pets than Agricola. But it doesn't feel as heavy, mm-hmm. uh, or it's like. And again, maybe it's the emotional reaction because right. you're having fun yeah. mm-hmm. as an imp creating, uh, raising pets. But you're not having fun when your family's starving and you didn't get to. Having another sheep in your right. pasture, and those
0: imps are pretty disposable. So if you you know have to send one to the hospital for a round, it's no it's big kind deal. Of, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> when fun. It happens. Yeah, exactly. No, totally. Yeah. And and I think the other big difference between them, and we we've, we've only br- played Dungeon Pets. I think uh, the first yes. time for all of us, just a couple days ago, and it was m- amazing. We had so much fun. But it's so much shorter of a game because you know Caverna or Agricola is oh, no, twelve it just, rounds. No, just not, not, feels not, short. No, 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 <laughs> not still like not time wise to forty five minutes. Yeah, not time wise to play, but just in rounds because you've got. <laughs> Twelve yeah. rounds in Agricola and and Caverna. You've only got five in Dungeon yeah. Pets,
1: so you've yeah. got to do
2: so much more. Five with in six a turn.
1: phases in each round. Is, right, is the difference. Yes, but
2: and as many imps as you're willing to spread out and throw around. Exactly. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it's interesting. I'd like to come back to Dungeon Pets on another episode sure. and just kind of get can play Vlad Schvatiel in general, because mm. I'm really mm. having I, fun I, with his rule uh, with his games.
2: I brought it up uh, just due to the weight similarity. Oh yeah, and mm. and how that one. You know, I know Melissa would enjoy that more than agricola and caverna and i know that i did mm-hmm. so yeah for sure comparing for a single play each yeah, yeah.
1: same me comparing play to play which is all i've only played one multiplayer game of agricola mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. but yeah can, uh you had an idea to talk about mitch to uh maybe mention some emotional reactions uh in video game uh, in, in video board games. games we're talking about video games for the podcast um and yeah i just kind of alluded to how agricola kind of made me feel upon yeah. a couple plays but
2: uh, I, just, I, I just find it fascinating. It comes up all the time. Uh, that, that, video, that video games. Now you've got me <laughs> saying that. Uh, that board games can pull uh, visceral reactions out of you. When, sometimes when you least expect it. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe, maybe less for, for some people. Uh, maybe not. Uh, my first, I keep saying, uh, and it's driving me crazy. My, my first one that Steve and I have talked about a lot is claustrophobia. Which, which is a, it's a, a, we've only, we only play player against player, but it would basically be uh, several players against one player. One player plays. You
1: could, it's, it's designed as two player. It's just one Oh, on it one. is just a yeah. two player. Okay.
2: Yeah. Then perfect. So it's two players. One player plays uh, the demon lord uh, who is basically trying to stop the heroes from, from their quest who are going down into this dungeon. And I think the, the lead hero is some. He's like a crazy priest who is who is hiring. His minions are, are uh, criminals on death row, basically, who are like, well, if you can either die this way or you can come to the dungeon and fight demons with me. Which and, is pretty dark. And, and if you survive. Premise. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's super dark premise. And it has some, some really neat dice placement mechanics where you get to choose your stats round to round based on the dice that you roll. And uh, it's asymmetrical where the bad guy gets to roll his dice and trigger certain effects where the good guys, their dice rolls, power the stats of their heroes. Yeah. But any time I've played, good or bad, as soon as I start playing, I'll get excited. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll play. I'll play the demon this time. It's super fun. I like the choices. Let's go. And within three rounds, I get this this feeling like I'm nine years old and the game is rigged against me and I'm doomed. And it's it's the only game... That this happens and it happens all the time. And I feel this crushing feeling. It's claustrophobic. I mean, it, it it, it's, it's, I don't, well I, I would love to know if, if this is a common feeling for claustrophobia, but I, I immediately get this visceral, crushing feeling like I'm doomed. No matter if I'm playing the heroes, same feeling. Same. And, and I feel like this is unfair and, and why is this ha- I used to get the same feeling from playing uh, pinball and Atari. Uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred so playing autophobic. pinball. I felt like every time my ball went went down the hole, that that something is wrong with the computer and it's rigged. And, and <laughs> it helped me to get over uh, some anxiety. I used to force myself to play through the game constantly until I wasn't frustrated. Right. And it was like a it was like a a healing uh, something for me playing Atari. Cathartic. Cathartic. Cathartic Atari. Good. I think it's... Uh, but claustrophobia, you know, I would do the same thing. I would play it all day just to see if I could beat that feeling. But it happens every time. And it, it's, it doesn't come up in a lot of games. And then near and far, we've been playing this campaign, and we're on the 10th of... 9 of 10 maps now? 9 of 10. 9 okay. of 10 maps. and uh, We've done 9 of 10. I was, I was super tired. Uh, I'd had a rough work week. And we started playing the map, and I've lost the last you know I haven't done well I've only won two of the nine which is what everybody else is doing mm. except for Steve I, I've Steve's pulled got, into the lead yeah Steve's in the lead but but so I went into it feeling like I've got to do well and I started trying to get my stuff together and everything was doing well and my dice rolls were just crap I kept I kept couldn't get to one spot that I need to go three or four times in a row so I ended up having to do what I knew was going to be risky where I would set a tent so that so that it would get easier. And as soon as I did that, Steve like just snuck by and took the thing I'd been working round <laughs> after round to get. And everybody knew low that bot. that's what I was doing. It was Lobot. Except Steve, he was just like, oh, la, 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 la. I'm just gonna go here now. And and it, it felt like a punch to my gut. Like it, it was visceral and it, and it actually crunched me up inside. And then the next move, Rob did the same thing on the other side where I could've, oh, well, I can mm. go over here and Rob did it right after Steve. And and then it happened like another two or three times in the game, and like it was crushing. It was crushing that, and like yeah. I don't I don't get that feeling a lot uh, in a game. And it just it fascinates me. Whenever whenever the game is over, and, and a couple of days later, I'll just be like, wow, it's amazing that that can happen, that that that. Mm-hmm. You know. So I love I love well, that, that that exists.
1: That was the first, uh, but not when it happens. The first map that had introduced this uh, certain spot on the map where if you didn't place a tent yeah, there yeah. you were going to oh, get a yeah. pretty big detraction in points i think maybe minus eight or something yeah. i even
0: stopped going for those goals and right. just knew i was going to take a so loss that was kind right of away. an added element because mm-hmm.
1: you know prior to that uh, uh, well i guess there's also on those maps the um it's the mammoth forest wasn't it wasn't, wasn't that the what trade it was? routes yeah yeah. i yeah. guess that could be a similar thing where you have one of the trade routes and you're almost at the next and someone sneaks by and takes it on you that would be similar but this one for whatever reason uh, it's kind of funny that you say that. I mentioned claustrophobia alongside of it because, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't played uh, Near and Fire, stop listening, I guess. But um, it was a mammoth jungle. Uh, you know, it was kind of claustrophobic jungle where if you didn't get a tent in a certain spot, you were going to lose points. And it was, And it was only minus eight points, which probably wasn't going to make if, or break the game anyway. If you somewhere. guys hadn't
2: stopped me, you would've, I would have won. Right. So it was important. Yeah. It was designed like I did the ma- thing. I did the math after yeah. and, like, if I if I had gotten because I wouldn't have got the minus eight I would have been mm. able to like I went through it and like with those two things if the both of those spots because yeah. cause Rob ended up stopping my other half of a trade route oh right yeah and and the ma- and the mammoth thing he took the extra mammoth thing so Dave and I couldn't get a tent mm. and he and got they, three of them I think didn't he and in the end <laughs> and they they give him no points no it was, they it was just just, it just gave us he had had yeah. one. it was just yeah. a blocking yeah mm. and and he stopped Ouch. the trade route and if if he you guys hadn't done both of those things like either one of those left open i would have won yeah so oh. i mean it had to happen yeah it's <laughs> it's hilarious
1: yeah but. it's funny cuz it's such a colorful kind of cartoony game too but that whatever combination of events
2: but uh Ryan Lapkin like he's his games are are notorious for being uh slightly vicious yeah you know he and i uh, i'm pretty sure might be remembering around because who knows brains in, in interviews I've read. He's he's wanted to add that to Euro games because Euro games are, are designed sort of without conflict, yeah. And he's wanted to put in that American conflict into a, a Euro game. So, and
1: surprisingly, it hasn't supposedly happened.
2: Iron City is vicious,
1: yeah. It hasn't happened a Iron ton cities? in near and far even though there's so mm-hmm. many opportunities to get in each other's way, uh-huh. you always have the opportunity to duel. Because we're if, Canadians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You always have the opportunity to duel in the game, to go to a spot where someone else is already, already there. But that doesn't feel like much of a punishment. So it, you don't block each other a lot again probably yeah. the biggest example would be blocking a trade route yeah, or putting a
0: tent somewhere where someone else wants one yeah, yeah.
1: or maybe i think the mine uh, before the expansion that we started playing with the the mine could generate a lot of wealth for somebody and yeah. if someone went there and if you lost the duel you were like oh that sucks but but it didn't feel like uh, pers- uh personal personal <laughs> because it's not never personal but it didn't feel as vicious as mm-hmm. like running you're it's like a like a tortoise in the hair kind of race where you're like you're like inches away from the finish line and then lobot which is my character in the game a little uh, robot i have him as a robot politician who's Greer campaigning across <laughs> the uh uh across the land who just kind of you're almost to your tent. And he just kind of la, la la like you say, skips by you and just starts setting up a tent on Robots. the spot you were. No wearing.
2: feelings. <laughs> <Right>.
0: uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we, there's a whole podcast to do on lobot and and our near and far thing and how this story has come about. And we'll probably say that for another day. Near and far is
1: probably worth its own episode. Oh, oh, but, oh
0: I, yeah. I totally think it is. And and I want and it's kind of I, I'm not I'm not going to add too much more to it because I, I did have it on my list and and, and I want to give you a, go on another topic. here's two. I, I would like to add one, one thing go ahead. for that.
2: We. We That was the first one we played. We got the you got the expansion, and we put that in that mm-hmm. game. And I think it was fantastic. I think yeah, the expansion agreed. does Tightened it. it up. It was the the scoring, where I'm saying, you know if either of those things hadn't happened, I would have won. Uh, and I think that's all because of the expansion. I agree. All the other games we have, uh, so the eight other games we've played, there's usually a pretty big gap between the winner and the loser. Like I was at thirty four one time yeah. when when everybody had their highest scoring game and changing the way the mine works and stuff. Has has really leveled things out. You can't you can't get that runaway. No. I don't think anymore. Well, we've played it once. Yeah, maybe we can. Maybe yeah. somebody will figure maybe. it. Maybe no. But, but
0: and, and I agree. And that's and 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 we will for sure come back to near and far. But that's what that's what I wanted to bring it up. One on, on the expansion. I don't. And so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and the and you know like like you were saying, Steve, with Lobot and his whole mayoral campaign that we've built into this. We're we're not even following the the real campaign story. We've got our own story going on that we've built in, which is really fun. Um, mayoral maybe or like
1: <laughs> I
0: don't relevant. understand how,
2: it can't be mayor. I mean, we've gone from the first town where the mayor <laughs> right. gimmick came up to yeah, 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 world nine, nine yeah. maps farther. Well,
0: and, and it's funny, it's we haven't played town. it yet, but but in the expansion uh, Beyond the Mines and the great new, uh, great new metal that. metal coins and, and things that the expansion comes with, um, uh, the other thing is there is two new story scenarios to play on a map, and one of them is all about an, elec- an election, which is kind of, uh, you know, uh, we didn't expect that, so it's made us all hoot and holler out loud. When we when we when we uh, when we dug it out and started playing uh, the last game, but uh, I was I was also going to say we play this campaign as a four player campaign with our friend Robbie, and we we aren't vicious people, but that last map, whether it was the expansion or whether it was that map of the Mammoth Jungle or what, Robbie who hasn't won a lot on that game either, he had lost twice in a row. I think was, lost, was yeah, pushing him he there. was he was really aggressive, more than any of us have been on this game at all by taking three of those Mammoth Cave spots. Yeah. And he and still one. lost and he still lost by and like oh one but. point but he was also the person because we we don't often duel unless we're like really forced into it in that game in the past yeah. but in this game Robbie seemed to be willing to duel anybody who was getting in I his was, way yeah, he was going for a win uh, yeah. I'd duel i duel all the
2: time in that game because it's it, it's the fastest way to get to get your your, yeah. your, your yeah. call your reputation up yeah, yeah so it's true. like I, I never shy away from the, from yeah. the dueling. I mean, yeah. I, I I math it out. I go, oh, I have this many attack, and mm, I'm yeah. not I'm not dueling Steve. Oh, Dave's got none. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna beat him <laughs> up. Yeah, sure, fine, beat me up. Because it doesn't it doesn't affect anybody. No, uh, you know.
0: Well, and, and that's it. The the consequencelessness of the losing of the duel. You know, it's only the winner you who has anything to win or lose. I yeah.
2: keep forgetting that you get a bread on that one on the one side of the board. Yeah. If you lose the duel, yeah, but only so if
1: you're that, the aggressor. To, to jump back into the kind of emotional reactions right, yeah. of board games and claustrophobia. I'm glad you brought it up cuz I, I really like that game. It doesn't we don't play it enough. We don't play a lot of two player games to be yeah. honest unless. Yeah, we've we played, played, we once. It. We as played well. it once claustrophobia We played yeah. it once. I've played it with Susie, I've played it with you. Um, that's a Asmodee published published that game and I really think what what you said is like it has to be really intentional that the game's called claustrophobia and the production quality is super high. Like all the miniatures are painted. The demons are ferocious. The little uh, imps or um, whatever they're called uh, are really well done. And then the the tiles are huge, really nice, giant dungeon tiles. It fills the table Uh just as a tile, a dungeon uh, crawl. And, um, Yeah, it's kind of—it's really visceral. It's good looking. If it—if the production quality was lower on that game, I I would be curious if the same sense Mm. of dread would be there. And I know that you know that publishing company is known for you know doing a good job on their production qualities, but that's
2: why isn't that feeling in Mansions of Madness? You know, like that's the same production quality and the same. (sighs) And like, why don't I feel that dread? See, I do. When we play Mansions of Madness,
0: and I've only played Mansions of Madness a couple times, and I own Claustrophobia That's once. But yeah, I mean, we did the se- Shadows over
1: Innsmouth, being you, Steve. Yeah, that one. one time. And you've tried that one with me.
0: Man, that one is so. Th- I was tense. I was like, "We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it." And then right at the end, it was like the carpet got pulled out from under us. But you yeah, know the, no, there's
2: there's tension in yeah. it, and excitement. I love the game. I like yeah, yeah. I like seeing what's coming next, but I don't get that dread. Maybe because it's for the most part until well, yeah, maybe. Oh, until maybe. you get if yeah. you get, yeah. you get yeah, an insane yeah card. Because we're, we're, we're against a, yeah. a nefarious we're, yeah, other instead maybe. of you yeah. against me. But also, me.
1: you know what, it might speak to something we were talking about before we got on the mics here, which we'll come back to another time, about how you're able to, if a game gives you too much sometimes, you're doing less imaginatively, mm. uh, whereas claustrophobia, you know, you're flipping tiles and moving along, creating, creating your own mm-hmm. story, your own narrative. and, and yeah, it's there's just a, There's a lot more story
2: one. that they feed you. Yeah, there's that one.
1: there's some text in the in the in the book. Yeah, it mentions the madness. It's like that game drags on long because of the app. And if you know, you can kind of GM it yourself if you want to choose one person to read out all the flavor and all the the narrative. Which would be a lot of fun too. Which would be, I think, yeah. it would probably the ideal way to play that game would be to just have one person GM it and read the text and, and summarize it, and make it shorter, whatever you had to do. Uh, whereas I think we played it once where we were kind of passing around an iPad or if someone got to a puzzle, like here's mm. the iPad or it's your turn so you read the text and people are kind of adjusting glasses or getting closer or passing a, a mm. tablet around and it kind of slows it down and it, then it's spoon-feeding you the story versus mm. you're kind of moving around and, and doing what we do really well, which is create yeah. our own mm-hmm. fun stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I didn't mean to... Anyways, what I was going to mention was uh, the, the games that do the the emotional... It's not necessarily a gut punch, but it's an emotional <laughs> reaction are social deduction games for me, which are probably, at this point, my least favorite uh, game that we play, like Avalon or Werewolf, uh, Leaders of Euphoria, or something, I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah, Leaders of Euphoria, Make a Better Oppressor. Um, those kind of social deduction games where especially... I'll, I'll stick with Avalon for a second. Avalon, um, for, you know... You're either on the side of Merlin. You're either on the side of uh, Mordred, uh, good versus evil. But there's one card in there that is Merlin who, um, so how Avalon works is, you know, everyone closes their eyes. The bad guys open their eyes at some point. They know who each other are. They're loyal to Arthur, not Merlin. Loyal to Arthur, right. Merlin is loyal to Arthur as well. So the bad guys know who each other, uh, who they are. The good guys don't know who's good. Merlin knows who's good and bad, right?
2: Merlin, yeah. Well, Merlin knows who the bad, bad. guys are, yeah.
1: right? And so Merlin has to has to be good. Anyways, um, if I ever get assigned Merlin in that game, everybody knows. I, I can't contain myself. I, I just fall apart. I become a giddy little the same way you get maybe like in church with when you're beads five. Beads of
2: sweat on his forehead. Yeah, when you're trying That's
1: to get – I compare it to either church, uh, when I was a kid with my nan or something, or being in class with a really strict teacher. I remember having a teacher in grade 8 who was who made us make eye contact with him all the time. We, if, when he was talking, if we, like, looked at the window, he'd be like, eyes on me. Uh, anyway, it's great guy. One of my favorite teachers. But, you know, with, with a teacher like that, you'd sometimes be in class and find something strike you funny. And you're doing everything in your power not to laugh because you don't want to get reamed out by this guy. That's what it's like when I get Merlin. I'm like – Oh my god, I'm just going to explode. I'm going to like I'm going to pee in my pants and never stop laughing and everyone knows I'm Merlin right away. The same thing happens if I get the bad guys cuz I it, I'm horrible at those games. Everyone ex- knows when I'm Merlin. E-
2: everybody thinks you're Merlin all the time now. Right, so it's like true. it's a bit of an advantage when you are a bad guy because everybody <laughs> just thinks you're Merlin.
1: That's true. But everyone if you're if we played that game enough, everyone should know that when I'm good, I'm just like
2: oh, But we've we've broken that game back. for for we've played it so much that everybody Everybody knows the pattern that our group has now. Yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. Where as soon as someone votes on the first vote, everybody knows their affiliation. Yeah. Uh, just, just based on our patterns. Yeah, so, that's true. Like the last time we tried to play Ashley, uh, I think she failed the first vote. And everybody's like, oh, you're evil. Yeah, you know, like
1: yeah, we've got to, we know each other well enough that yeah. we've kind of yeah. broken it yeah. in a so way. You, and I have only played it a couple
0: yeah. times, but uh, but so it's a newer game to me. But I played Werewolf a bit enough to know what the game is like. And I, I'm with you, Steve. I like them. I, I have fun when I play these games. But as for winning or anything else, I, I don't find I'm very invested. No. I go in and I'm just kind of sit back and just try to figure it out. But but and I, that's, you it's know, it's not
1: why why I play board games. No. That's like not not where I get my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Like I really yeah. like sitting down. I like having things in my hands. Like right. I like either having parts or having cards um, and figuring out like a bit of a puzzle mm-hmm. or. Um, but,
2: but the reason we have them and the reason we bought Avalon totally. is, is because we have, you know, we, we end up with like a large group, 12 big, big groups sometimes. 12, and like yeah. Avalon yep. plays up to, to 10 at least. Yeah. So yeah. And, and it's fine. There's dude. a there's a spot for yeah. it. And but I'm not. I'm not bashing. I don't hate it. No, no. no, no code no. names just... has replaced it because sure. it's, it's yeah. A, yeah. eliminated that. We can play it with ridiculous amounts of people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's super fun. And yeah. I
1: think they're great games. I'm just speaking to those types of games are what do that for me. Like I just mm. sweat. I just yeah. start sweating, and I'm not like having the same kind of fun right. I'm having when we got right. a, a yeah. board out in front of us and our yeah. own little things to yeah. do. Um, and I don't
0: find. I have to admit. I I don't find any of any. I don't have the any of those strong reactions to any specific games that you folks seem to? Like, I, I, I did get that claustrophobic a little bit in, yeah. in claustrophobia. Um, I do get that weird tension and, and I don't really, you know, uh, for the social interaction games. I enjoy them, like I said, I'm just not very good at them, but I don't really, f- you know, I, I can get... Dave's a robot. No, no, no. I mean, in, in Werewolf, there's no question that when, you know, someone accuses me in Werewolf, like anybody, you turn red and you stammer because someone's just pointed the finger at you, and I think that's just human nature. and I, it, it makes me feel weird, but when it's all over, I kind of go, wow, that was really, you know, it, it kind of makes me think about human reaction stuff. But um, the only reaction I get, and this is what makes my favorite games my favorite games, is the ones that surprise me to the point where... All of a sudden, someone does something, or I do something, or the or the automaton deck, depending on the game, does something, and I go, "Whoa!" I n- I never thought about this game that way, mm-hmm. and that the feeling I get just as emotional responses. The feeling I get when that happens for me, that's why I play board games. The, the endorphins that sets off in my brain, the excitement I get, the way my brain all of a sudden starts thinking about, my imagination runs wild in all sorts of different directions. I love that feeling, and I get that from all of my favorite games mm-hmm. all of my favorite games and it's and it, and whether it's because oh wow i thought that the game was going to last so much longer and i was just completely deluding myself and wow or getting back to caverna yesterday i played it and i played a tile called dog school which i've been avoiding because i thought it was kind of lame i just realized it doesn't have a building cost and all of a sudden it opens up a whole new ad- avenue for that game so those the, that's just what i wanted to say about the the emotional s- responses for me it's just that that joy but i like that tension too, during the game, when you're like, oh, I'm just gonna come around, like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I just love how emotionally attached I get to the game, and how much, after a game, I can sit back and, either lying in bed at night, or walking home, or whatever, and I start replaying it in my, like, just the way it makes my imagination replay things and totally. questions I, I love that,
1: and, and it's it's all... It's all worth it for that. I think if we decide to do a, a dive into Cosmic Encounter, like we, we've okay. talked yeah, about... We'll have to. Yeah, I want and, to. Because we all feel differently oh. about it, I think, and but interested in to see what why people love it so much. I mm-hmm. I think there's something there. Anyway, we don't get into it right now, but I will think there'll be some emotional reactions in that game, too, depending sure. on the combination of aliens and depending yeah. how people play against each other mm-hmm. or, or ally mm-hmm. against one another. I imagine that game will bring out some feelings.
2: Sure. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. that That game fascinates me just for. And I haven't enjoyed it yet. Yeah. Which also fascinates me. But the history of it and, and the. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, lot a lot to it. Whole, I'd
1: like to get in. We, we should play, play it a half a dozen times or so. With sure. Maybe different numbers of people and, and have a big chat about mm-hmm. it because I am interested. It is mm-hmm. interesting in a lot of, of. Yeah, like you say, the history of it, mm-hmm. how it plays. It's pretty unique in how it plays compared to a lot of other games we play. um The the The, variability, the asymmetry. It's one of the most influential
2: games Uh around. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. How are we doing on time? I think we're pretty
0: much... We're we're, there already. Wow, because it was still a whole... We didn't even get into Gloomhaven, because I wanted to talk a little bit about the scenarios and and stuff, and how I'm actually getting attached to my Gloomhaven characters finally. Yeah, well, you know, if we want to allude
1: to Gloomhaven, I I think that is probably one that I would like to... I haven't picked a game for an episode yet. And it is Um, your turn. But whether that'll be the next one or not, because I'd like for us to play maybe another... Five or six times sure. to see if we can uh, unlock one of those legacy things or open an envelope, um, so that we can. It'll be. I, I feel like this podcast is full of spoilers. For if anyone, you shouldn't listen to it if you don't want to hear us talk about it in depth. Yeah, <laughs> it's too late already. Yeah, yeah. Mammoth. Wait, no, no, it's plays. not too late. No one listens to it. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we're so vague about it too. Don't unsubscribe, but, that, that, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Mom. <Yeah. no. laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that's great. And uh, so yeah, tune in uh, next time, and we'll talk about. We'll pick a game, and it will be Steve's pick uh, next time. So uh, maybe Gloomhaven, or maybe something different. Maybe Cosmic Encounter. Maybe we'll race just ramp up
2: and a race for the
1: galaxy. Hey, roll and race. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll think on it for a bit. Sure. Should we do our in between barber shop?
2: The in between. The in between. No, we shouldn't do
1: between I, th- <laughs> I just got oh, it right, See you later. All right.
0: Take care. See you next time.